0: Welcome to the chalkboard my fellow football nerds for episode number 94 of Chalk Talk brought to you by the Painted Lines. I'm your host Shane Half and you can follow me on Twitter at half and half underscore TPL. You can follow me on YouTube at Shane Half NFL. I'm flying solo today for this Super Bowl recap show uh, and although normally on this podcast nobody listens to this podcast and doesn't realize that i come from an eagles background it's why we lead off with the eagles game every week it's why we spend more time on the eagles game before we talk about all of the rest of the game so uh, i'm not necessarily going to try to hide that a little bit of bias i'm going to talk about the game and a little bit of a try to take an objective look but at the end i'm going to circle back and talk about from the eagles perspective uh, what it means so if you guys are watching here live on youtube twitter facebook wherever you're watching uh, drop us a comment. I've already got R.W. Swope chiming in on YouTube. What's up, man? Uh, frequent chatter in our chat. Always appreciate you guys. So drop your comments as we go along here, uh, and I'll, I'll try to get to as many of them as I can. Uh, I've also got uh, a little reveal uh, at the end of the podcast. So uh, if you're listening on I- Apple, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast later, uh, you'll have to tune in to the video cast, or I will tweet a link. Uh, to the picture later, but I've got something to reveal to you guys that I think is pretty cool. uh, I think you're going to like. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to the Super Bowl 57 recap show. The Kansas City Chiefs win the game 38 to 35 after a 10 point comeback uh, trailed by 10 at the half. Let's just get into it. I'm going to try to sort of walk through this game and some of the big moments in it, which is a little different format, but we've only got one game to talk about. So the Eagles got the ball first in this game and did exactly what you would have wanted them to do. Going on an 11-play, 75-yard drive, they took almost five minutes off the clock. It's what you wanted to see. You wanted to see them able to establish the run, although the run did falter down the stretch, but you wanted them to be able to go on methodical drives and show Uh, that they could keep Mahomes off the field when necessary and so the Eagles marched down the field Um, one of the biggest things in this game I thought was that they stayed aggressive which I really liked and we didn't really see that on the first drive so much but that comes into play later in the game of course the Chiefs answered right back with a six play 75 yard touchdown drive and uh, they never hit a third down in that game or not in that game excuse me they never hit a third down on that drive they had basically six plays two plays to get a first down each time and just methodically go right down the field and so at that point my faith started to waver I went from I feel really good to this is going to be a shootout uh, we got a comment here from Derpy Entertainment on YouTube chiming in the end was great the game was great until the end I had fun I absolutely agree it was a it was a fantastic Super Bowl uh, in my opinion and you could argue this shows some bias but I really don't think so I, I would argue that this was the best Super Bowl since 2017 from an entertainment standpoint. There's been, you know, some games that were a bit of a slog. Last year's game was pretty good, but I would say this one was better. So I thought it was a really good game. But uh, so the Chiefs answered back with that touchdown. And now you think, OK, we're going to be in for a barn burner in this game. And then the Eagles make a crucial mistake. They go three and out. And part of that is because of an offensive pass interference penalty called on Zach Pascal on the first play of the drive. It put them behind the sticks for a first and 20. Uh, I saw a lot of people confused about that play call, so uh, I'll just do my best here to explain what happened. Uh, by rule, a receiver cannot block more than one yard past the line of scrimmage until the pass is caught. So it was a little swing pass out to Kenny Gainwell. Uh, Zach Pascoe was past one yard blocking. That That's a flag OPI. You don't see it very often, uh, but that's a flag. Now, People showed some screenshots of some plays where the Chiefs had guys blocking downfield, but as best I could tell in those screenshots, uh, those were offensive linemen. And offensive linemen play by different rules. Eagles fans would be well aware with the illegal man downfield penalty. Uh, The rule for an offensive lineman is you can't go past a yard until the pass is thrown. So you can be more than a yard downfield blocking once the pass is out of their hand as a lineman. Uh, You have to wait until it's caught as a receiver. So that's the key distinction there. So anyways, it put the Eagles at a first and 20. And then I thought they had a questionable decision to run the ball on first and 20. And then they threw a short pass behind the line of scrimmage. And it got them to a third and 14. I I didn't really love that. I would love to see you be more aggressive. But uh, it is what it is. And they punted the ball. And so now the Chiefs have the ball. And they drive down the field. And then you hit what I thought was a huge edge in this game that on a third and three, Patrick Mahomes throws an incomplete pass at the 24-yard line, and Andy Reid elects to go for the field goal, and then Harrison Butker dings it off the left upright. And so that's great. Like, the aggressiveness, I thought that, that, that was a critical moment in the game because the Eagles get the ball back, and they march right down the field, and they scored five plays, 68 yards, uh, hit a big play, um, hit a big play, Uh, for a touchdown there to A.J. Brown. And so you go up 14-7 at the end of the first quarter. And again, you're just oscillating back and forth between how you feel. So uh, that brings us to the end of the first quarter, the Eagles winning 14-7. And then in the second quarter, the Chiefs come out, and it's a three and out. You get uh, Isaiah Pacheco tackled behind the line of scrimmage on a first and 10. That put them behind the sticks, and it allowed the pass rush to tee off. The pass rush did not get to play very often in this game. Uh, cutting things loose and going after the passer. And it worked here. They they punt the ball, and so the Eagles get the ball back, and they're up a score. And at that point, again, you feel great. And then disaster strikes. Uh, On a second and one, they hand the ball off to Kenny Gainwell, and Kenny Gainwell slipped. And so it goes to a third and one. And then Isaac Sayamalo false starts when the Eagles are lining up for a QB sneak. So they come out on a third and six. They try to run a QB run, and Jalen Hurts drops the football. Um, Maybe his hand got contacted. He was trying to switch hands as it happened, and the ball just comes out. Nick Bolton scoops and scores it for a touchdown, uh, and that ties the game back up at 14. So really deflating there. Uh, But the Eagles answered back, right? 12 play, 75-yard drive. Uh, They went for it on a fourth and seven which is just crazy, like third and seven at the Kansas City 46, and they called a run play, which I'm not crazy about, but they called a run play because they were going for it on fourth down. It's such a cheat to the system. Uh, They did the same thing later in the drive on a third and three at the nine yard line. They ran it up the middle. Boston Scott gets a yard, and then they line up on fourth down to go for it, and they got a, a neutral zone infraction out of the QB sneak formation. They end up scoring a touchdown. Honestly, the Eagles... They're playing like I played Madden when I was 10 years old, right? You get four downs. It felt like such a cheat code to realize you get four downs to go score, and other teams, are they're tying one hand behind their back. They only get three. And so I loved the aggressiveness from Nick Sirianni in this game and Shane Steichen. Uh, they go up 21 to 14, and then the Chiefs get the ball back. And again, now it's a two-minute drill situation. There's 220 left, and they're in must-pass situations. And the pass rush was able to tee off a little bit, affect the play. All of a sudden, uh, you didn't have to worry about the run, which the Eagles were bad at stopping, and you get the punt, and then the Eagles were able to go down and get a field goal to go up 24-14 to 14 at half. Now, it's unfortunate they only had a minute 22 when they got the ball back, because they were driving. I mean, they kicked the field goal on second and eight at the 17 because they were just out of time, and so... Uh, that did sting a little bit. You would love to put the ball in the end zone there, but you feel really good about the fact that you're up at up 10 at halftime, and critically, Patrick Mahomes had his ankle twisted up, and he was really hobbling. He was grimacing as they came off the field, so you didn't know what you were going to see in the second half. And so the Eagles, you know, I felt really good about this game at halftime. Unfortunately, those feelings wouldn't last. Uh, Derpy chiming in on YouTube again says, From a Steelers... Uh, fans' perspective, it was the most fun he had since '43. So that, yeah, that's awesome. I, I really do think this was a great game. I think it was. I think it would be an instant classic game. And um, unfortunately, the ending we'll get to was kind of anticlimactic. But I'll get into that when we get there. So you come out in the second half, and the Chiefs just walked the ball down the field. It's Ten plays, 75 yards. Took five and a half minutes. Uh, they had a third and one. And that was about it on that third and one. They lined up in like a, the old school pro-style formation. QB under center, two uh, running backs flanked out to the side, and they did the little off-tackle run. And McKinnon got 14 yards. They never had a third down again on that drive, and they scored to make it 21-24. to 24. And then comes the critical moment. The Eagles need to answer back with a touchdown. They get a 17-play, 60-yard drive that eats 7 minutes and 45 seconds off of the clock like we're talking Patrick Mahomes is getting the ball for the second time in the second half with a minute left in the quarter and that's exactly what you want except the drive doesn't end in a touchdown right with a third and 14 third and 14 Jalen Hurts drops a dime to Dallas Goddard Uh, ends up getting challenged. It stands, by the way, one of the best throws that I've ever seen. Actually, I'll I'll, I'll check that. That is the best throw I've ever seen Jalen Hurts make in his career. I'm going to cut up some of his throws and put it on Twitter later this week. Um, But that throw, I saw at the snap, I saw at the bottom of the screen, the corner open up in a cloud technique. And then, of course, they disappear off of the broadcast view and you can't see them. But when Hurts set his feet to the right, and he threw that corner route to Dallas Goddard. I just went, oh, no. Like I knew there's a corner, a cloud corner, sinking under that route. And then the ball is just inches over his finger, drops right in front of the safety. Goddard catches it, takes the hit. Just an incredible throw on third and 14 to pick up that first down. And that was, that was huge. There's a huge difference in giving the ball back with six minutes in the third only up three and converting that, which the Eagles did. They, they get to a third and one run, don't get it, so they went to the fourth and one sneak to convert it. But uh, then, unfortunately, the Eagles sort of fell apart on this drive. Jalen Hurts runs out of bounds a yard behind the line of scrimmage, kind of one of those free runner plays on first down. Then on second and 11, it's an incomplete pass, and then they called a timeout to save a delay a game, something they hadn't done earlier in the drive. It went from third and 11 to third and 16, and then they converted it. This time they called the timeout. And I think they regretted that later. I I understand why they did it, but five yards isn't worth it uh, in that situation. Jalen Hurts ends up checking the ball down to Kenny Gainwell on third and eleven and they kick a field goal on fourth and six. And I I felt like that's a situation. I understand why you called the timeout. I understand why you kicked the field goal. I would have liked if you're willing to kick a field goal in that situation, I don't think you take the timeout. And if you take the timeout, that's got to be four-down territory in my situation. So they call the timeout. It results in nothing except a field goal. And now all of a sudden, you're only up six, and the ball goes back to Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes did what he does, nine plays, 75 yards. They didn't get to a third down until the touchdown play. And that touchdown play, you know, we saw it. It was the first time we saw it, but we're going to see it again, where they motion uh, Kadarius Toney and to the back of a stack, and then they have him release back out into the flat. The coverage gets pushed wrong for the Eagles. Uh, Darius Slay tries to push the coverage. Avante Maddox doesn't push the coverage, and they both end up on the same guy. Easy touchdown, and now the Chiefs have a lead, 28-27, for the first time in the game with 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And so now we talk about the ill-fated decision to punt. Uh, The Eagles get the ball, and they go three and out. And on a third and three, they throw the ball to Devontae Smith. It's incomplete. On that play, it was a protection issue. the The Eagles left a free runner from the left side, and, and Jordan Mailata and the left guard Landon Dickerson double teamed a guy, and they left someone wide open with a free run at Hertz. Hertz had AJ Brown wide open over the middle, but he never had a chance to see it because he was already running for his life. And he escaped. He flips his hips. He tries to throw downfield to Devontae Smith, but it Falls incomplete. And then on fourth and three at the 32-yard line, Nick Sirianni made the fateful decision. He punted the football back to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I just don't understand that decision. That that was a bad decision. And I think if you ask Nick Sirianni, and maybe somebody has, I sort of – I went on an Aaron Rodgers-style darkness retreat. (laughs) I've kind of closed out social media, and I just didn't listen to interviews, and I didn't want to talk about this game for a day or two. And so maybe somebody asked him about this. I haven't read all of the coverage, but I think if you asked him, he would tell you that that was the wrong call, and I don't think he would make it if he finds himself in that situation in the future. You've given up back-to-back touchdowns. You haven't shown that you can stop Patrick Mahomes in this half. He's just shredding your defense. And so to punt the ball against the 49ers two weeks ago. In a, it was 4th and 1, but it was from your own 30-something, and you went for it. Now, you could QB sneak that. You can't QB sneak a 4th and 3, but, heck, QB sneak 3rd and 3, and then QB sneak again on 4th and 3. You were running all game to set up your 4th down conversions. Or, or just go for it on the 4th and 3. I really think they should have gone for that. Uh, they did not. Aaron Sipos shanked the punt. It was supposed to be a punt left. Setting up the coverage, he shanked it off the right of his foot, uh, and Kadarius Toney ends up running it all the way back to the five-yard line before he f- gets out of bounds. And so, of course, three plays later, the Chiefs score a touchdown. This time it's Sky Moore doing the fake motion back out. Avante Maddox, like, is halfway across the box before he realizes that Sky Moore didn't go with him. And now the Chiefs are up 35-27. to 27. And this is a point where I feel like Andy Reid made a critical error. You're up seven. If you kick the extra point, you're up eight. It's still a one-score game. Or you could go for two, and if you get it, now it's a two-score game with nine minutes and 22 seconds left. You're putting the Eagles in a situation where you don't have to worry about them running as much. They've got to hurry up. And so you could take guys out of the box. You could just play the pass. Now, Jalen Hurts was playing great, but I thought that was a mistake. I thought it was as low-risk a proposition as you can get. Like If you go for two and don't get it, you're still up seven. And the Eagles are probably, maybe not, they're probably going to kick the extra point. So it felt a lot like a nothing risked to gain a lot. And he made the decision to kick the extra point. And I thought it was the second time in the game Andy Reid cost his team an analytical edge. And for a moment, you thought that it would cost them. As the Eagles go right down the field, eight plays, 75 yards, it takes four minutes, they convert two third downs, you have the huge pass to Devontae Smith, 45 yards, and he goes out of bounds at the two-yard line, uh, and, and then they end up scoring, and then the Eagles line up to go for 2 Five fifteen left in the game. This is the most, you gotta get this, if you don't, the Chiefs can just try to end the game, and they call just a QB power play, and there's a freeze frame on this clip that I'll tweet out later, but... Jalen Hurts is contacted by four Chiefs defenders a yard and a half from the end zone. And if you freeze frame that, and you told me that Jalen Hurts got into the end zone, I wouldn't believe you. But it's incredible. He powers through into the end zone with the injured shoulder, I might add. He's rolling left. This is his right shoulder, his injured shoulder. Puts it down, gets into the end zone, game on the line, and he ties the game at 35. And so there's five minutes left. The only thing you can't do if you're the Eagles is allow the Chiefs to go on a long drive to end the game. Get a stop. Get your first stop of the half, and you're probably going to win the game. Give up a quick touchdown, and you get the ball last. That's what you need. But the Chiefs were just able uh, to methodically move down the field. The running game was working. There was short passing. They did get to a third and one, and then Isaiah Pacheco ripped off a 10-yard run, and, and then You get down to the key third and eight, right? Patrick Mahomes drops back to pass. Juju Smith-Schuster runs like a double move route. The ball's overthrown. It's incomplete. It's going to be a field goal with a minute 54 left. And the flag comes out. And they called defensive holding on James Bradbury. It's an automatic first down. And it essentially let the Chiefs, they they didn't necessarily kneel it out on the first play, but then they went ahead and knelt the ball out. And they kicked the field goal. Essentially, as time expires, uh, there were six seconds left for a Hail Mary for the Eagles. That flag just robbed this game of its instant classic. And, you know, we can debate whether or not it should have been a penalty. And, of course, Chiefs fans would tell you that was a penalty. Eagles fans would tell you that shouldn't be a penalty. And I'm not going to appeal to my thoughts on that. Instead, what I want to do is I want to appeal to the thoughts of Greg Olson. Greg Olson, a former offensive player, a tight end in the National Football League, who said on broadcast, a guy who would be biased towards the offensive players, he says you cannot throw the flag in that situation. And there were several other receivers, active players, who came out on Twitter and said that, that that shouldn't have been a flag. And, you know, whether that should be a flag or not, and, yeah, you can show the freeze frame where he's got a little bit of the jersey, but... The reality is, you, you spend all every game's officiated a little differently. You spend some time uh, early in a game. You know, I, I played basketball, it, and when I played basketball, my thing was always that I was gonna go out and I was gonna, I was gonna pick up a foul in the first couple minutes of the game because I was gonna figure out how much the officials would let you get away with. How much jersey could I grab? How much could I push off when I was driving? Things like that. And so I was going to push it as far as I could, find where that line was, get the flag or get the foul called on me in the first quarter, and then I was just going to take a little step back. All game, these guys were let play. Jalen Hurts attempted 38 passes. Patrick Mahomes, 27. That's 65 combined passes in the game. And the 65th pass was the first flag thrown on a defender. The first flag thrown on a defensive back. And it was not out of line with things that were let go during the rest of the game. And so, I am not a big fan of the, well, you can't call it in that moment. You should officiate the last minute of a game the same way you did the first 59. But they didn't. We got ticky tack in the last minute of the game. And... That just feels like it was such a raw, su- such raw job. Like, there's a minute 54 left, and instead of a team getting to kneel it down and kick an extra point as time expired, what if we kicked the field goal and Jalen Hurts has a chance to lead a scoring drive? It's instant classic game. I'm not saying they would have won or lost. It would have just been a much more satisfying outcome. And so, that was very deflating, and it does knock this game down. Uh, just a little bit for me, and how I end up feeling about it in the grand scheme of things. And listen, there are plenty of opportunities the Eagles had to win this football game. Don't punt the ball on fourth and two. Stop Patrick Mahomes one time in the entire fourth quarter. Don't fumble the ball for six. Don't kick a field goal from inside your own red zone. There were opportunities. But all week, what I told you guys was that this was going to be a one-score game And it was going to come down to who had the ball last. And a ticky-tack foul or ticky-tack flag thrown at the end of the game changed who got the ball last. And that's just disappointing. And it leaves a bad taste in my mouth in terms of just the overall feel of the game, the legacy of the game, how you think about it moving forward. it, It feels a lot like the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes game last year in the playoffs where it went to overtime and Josh Allen never got to touch the ball, right? And rules were changed because of that. The last time Jalen Hurts touched the ball, he threw a 45-yard dot to Devonta Smith, and then he powered through four defenders with an injured shoulder into the end zone. And he never touched it again. And that sucks. It sucks to see that. Let me go to a couple comments, and then I'll talk about a few uh, stats here. We've got Derpy said, uh, Patrick Mahomes, baby voice, be like, if honest into the camera, I'd like to thank the Academy and my pet Zebras. Yeah. There, there's certainly some things there. We got Frank on Facebook said NFL Network has been replaying it a few times already. And every time I see it, there's another play I see that makes a huge difference. The Sayamalo Twitch, instead of a hurt sneak for a first down, becomes the third down hurt fumble TD. The delayed game that stalled a big drive, getting a field goal. Yeah, there's a lot of edges. And there's a lot of edges, you know, like I said, there's a lot of edges beyond that one call from an official. And that's why, you know, James Bradbury, I respect him a lot saying yeah I held him I, I thought they were going to let that go and he didn't say this but it's because they let that go all game and I I, ex- I expect them to step up and take accountability and not blame officials because that's the kind of culture they are that's the that's the type of environment that's been cultivated in Philadelphia so that didn't surprise me all at all and I'm very happy to see um, that being the approach that they've taken so shout out to the Eagles for that and shout out to the Chiefs, who played a fantastic game, Andy Reid had a fantastic game plan in this game. He, you know, that touchdown that they ran a few times, uh, that was that came from the game all the way back at the beginning of the season against the Jaguars when the Jaguars scored a touchdown on that same thing. And so, Andy Reid's one of the best offensive play callers to ever do it. Patrick Mahomes on a gimpy ankle, 21 to 27 for 182 yards, three touchdowns. He had a 96.4 QBR, which I believe. I heard was the highest QBR in Super Bowl history. The Chiefs were able to run the ball, 6.1 yards per carry, and I said coming into the game that I thought the key for the Eagles would be, as crazy as this sounds, to stop the run and force Mahomes to beat them from the pocket, which sounds like a disaster waiting to happen, but it's a bigger disaster if you can never get them into must-pass situations. Uh, Travis Kelsey, of course, always has good games. Six receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Juju had seven for 53. and Nobody else really did a lot through the air uh, for the Chiefs. On the Eagles side, Jalen Hurts was 27 of 38 for 304 yards and a touchdown. Uh, He took two sacks. Both of those were scrambles out of bounds, just a yard behind the line of scrimmage. He had 15 carries for 70 yards and three touchdowns. Outside of him, there was no running game for the Eagles. The Chiefs said, we're going to stop the running game and make you beat us with your arm, and he did it. And he played a fantastic game. Devonta Smith had seven receptions, 100 yards. A.J. Brown, six for 96 and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard, six for 60 yards. And then, of course, that super important fumble that was lost. So uh, statistically, you know, great game, clash of titans. Um, obviously the playing field, the playing surface was absolutely atrocious in this game. Uh, that was an embarrassment to the NFL. And I said that when the Eagles were winning by 10, that this is awful. And I do think that it impacted the Eagles pass rush a lot. Um, it obviously both teams played on it, but the Eagles pass rush was supposed to be their edge. It was what they had over the chiefs. It was the nice matchup, but Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick couldn't bend around the corner. To rush they, their feet kept sliding out and so with no pass rush there was nothing and uh, a lot of people are uh, upset at Jonathan Gannon and I guess we'll talk about this now Jonathan Gannon's the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals a lot of people are upset with him and his performance in this game and I've been a Gannon defender throughout the year and I thought his game plan coming into the game made sense. They played more man coverage than they've played this season because you're not super worried about their receivers. Get up, play man coverage. It was one of the highest, I think it was by far the highest rate of man coverage they played this season. And it just didn't work. Guys didn't make plays. Guys didn't stick on their receivers. And part of that's due to the pass rush when you're able to hold the ball. Uh, If Patrick Mahomes wasn't doing quick game, he could hold the ball and extend plays because there was no pass rush. It's hard to cover. The pass rush and the coverage, they've got to be married together. So I thought his game plan coming in was good. My fault with Gannon in this game is that he didn't adjust. Uh, You've got to realize at some point your game plan is not working. You don't just keep doing the same thing and hope that eventually it's going to rectify itself and you're going to get that one stop. If you can't get a pass rush... Blitz. And that's normally not what you want to do to Mahomes, but look at what the Chiefs were doing. They were bringing zone blitzes. They were simulating pressures. They were getting a free runner at Hurts sometimes, only sending four or sending five. You could still get guys into coverage and get free runners that disrupted the flow. The third down before the fourth and three punt, A.J. Brown wide open and Hurts couldn't find him because there was a free runner. There's a few other times that there were free runners and he was able to make a miss and make a play. Is Patrick Mahomes going to do that? on a messed up ankle. And so I fault Gannon, not for his game plan coming into the game, but for his lack of adjustments once things started to go sideways. And it's really disappointing because uh, Perciel Kapadia, he, he dug this up, in 400 Eagles games since the year 2000, in 400... This defensive performance ranked 391st in EPA per drive. It was 395th in success rate. And that's part of what makes this feel so empty as an Eagles fan. I f- if Jalen Hurts went into this game and he hadn't looked great in the couple games previous when he came back from injury, and there's extenuating circumstances, vanilla game plan, week 18, blowouts, the two playoff games, fine, whatever. If he just didn't look, on top of his game he didn't play his a game and the eagles lost and he missed a deep throw or two he took a couple sacks he shouldn't have you could say man Hertz played great this year he proved he's the guy maybe the injury was nagging him a little bit and the rest of the roster just didn't step up enough and he got beat by patrick mahomes it happens jalen hurts didn't play his a game he played his a plus plus game this was the best game of his career He had negative 8.5 EPA on that fumble six. If you remove that, which obviously you can't remove that, I just want you to see how good of a game he played, minus one play that would skew the numbers. He had 22.6 EPA, over 0.4 EPA per play. That was a phenomenal performance. It was every bit as good as Patrick Mahomes. He made throws that were unbelievable. He played his best game. He put up 35 points. He had a 10-point halftime lead. And they lost. And they lost because they had one of the worst defensive performances of this millennium for the Eagles. There's only been nine games that the Eagles have played this millennium with worse defensive EPA per drive. Only five with a worse success rate. And that sucks. And it sucks. And now what? Now you got to move on to next season. And all of a sudden you've got 12 players in this game who played 15 plus snaps on defense and eight of them are free agents. Now this is going to be a team with a lot of roster turnover on defense. You're losing your defensive coordinator. You lost your offensive coordinator. We'll talk about that in a minute. And now you're going to pay Jalen hurts and you're going to figure out what to do from there. And I've seen some qualms online about paying Jalen hurts. It's, it's over now. Right. Uh, what are you gonna do? You you lost the rookie quarterback window, and that's not true. Uh, first of all, he's got one more year. So depending on how they structure the extension, it could be a very low cap number next year. But also, if you look back at this, at the Super Bowl winners that have uh, the Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, and you think about their contracts, it's not a lot of guys on rookie deals. Uh, let me go. Let me go to a comment here. I've got Derpy says, I think it's a bit curious that you were the best pass rush team the entire year, but don't show up in the big game, and the Chiefs O line is good, uh, but not the best. And yeah, I, I think, honestly, the field had a lot to do with that. Uh, guys couldn't rush off the edge. you got to be able to explode out of a stance, and you've got to be able to bend around the edges. And every time they tried that, uh, guys just fell down. And so that sucks. That's where Gannon's got to adjust, and, and it's inexcusable that he didn't. But up here on the screen, I've got a list of Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. This year, Patrick Mahomes not on a rookie contract. Let's just stop when I get to a rookie contract guy. Matthew Stafford, 2021. Tom Brady, 2020. Patrick Mahomes, 2019. Tom Brady, 2018. Nick Foles, 2017. Tom Brady, 2016. Peyton Manning, 2015. Tom Brady, 2014. Russell Wilson in 2013 is the last quarterback, I believe, to win Super Bowl on a rookie contract and before him you've got Joe Flacco Eli Manning Aaron Rodgers Drew Brees Ben Roethlisberger like the the rookie contract thing it's nice you don't have to have it you want the quarterback and you want a quarterback that can cover the deficiencies up and I believe that Jalen Hurts is that guy I believe that the Eagles offensive nucleus is intact Uh, they're gonna lose Isaac Sayamalo we're not sure what's going to happen with Jason Kelsey. I feel like he's going to come back. If he does, you probably plug Cam Jurgens in at right guard. You get a new running back and a new wide receiver three, and your offense is ready to run it back. The defense is where it's all about. And uh, Comments here hitting it right on the head. Most of your defense is old. There's a lot of changes to come, and that's absolutely correct. There's going to be a lot of changes here. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. So Jonathan Gannon leaves. And I think Denard Wilson is probably, he's the name floating around, the Eagles uh, defensive backs coach that may get promoted. And I'm fine with that. I don't think they're going to rush this, though. Um, Because you're losing, well, you're not losing them all, but you've got eight of the 12 guys that played a lot in the Super Bowl are free agents. You're going to have a lot of roster turnover. That means you can pretty much make this defense into whatever you want. You don't have to stick with being a base three-three-five team. You don't have to be a quarters team. You can be a four-three team, four-two-five, three-four. You can be whatever you want to be. And so I think it's really important they get a guy in. Uh, free agent tampering starts almost a month from today, March 13th. You want to get this, get your defensive coordinator in, and you want to get his opinion on these guys, who's important for his uh, scheme, and so you can sort of prioritize your signings around that. So I think the Eagles will move quickly. Um, I think they should interview a lot of guys, get ideas, figure out what you want to do. Um, a name that I really like is Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, of course, got fired by, uh, the Vikings after last year, he went to Jackson state and was an analyst for, uh, Deion Sanders. And I think he followed him to Colorado state. He he's not in the NFL. He took a year off. Mike Zimmer, not a good head coach, very interesting defensive coordinator. He's kind of a chaos sort of defensive coordinator, simulated pressures, uh, things like that. Now, he's not like Wink Martindale crazy chaos, where it's just cover one, cover zero, blitz every play. He lines guys up in the A gaps, and he shows seven, and he sends four or five, but you don't know which four or five, and it creates chaos. And I would like to see a system like that, especially you know if you are got the opportunity to start with almost a blank slate on your defense. And so I like the idea. Uh, of of him, of Mike Zimmerer. So something to keep an eye on there, just a name to slip out there for you Eagles fans that are still listening to this podcast. I think he would be an interesting choice. I got no problem with Wilson if they decide to do that. I think they should interview a lot of guys, and I'll dig into more of those as it happens. But then Shane Steichen leaves too, goes to be the coach of the Colts, and that one hurts a lot. As Steichen was a fantastic play caller. He was a fantastic play sequencer, And the Eagles are going to miss him. Now, they're going to promote Brian Johnson. Adam Schefter basically said it's done. It just hasn't been announced yet. Uh, And it's been insinuated there were six teams that were going to hire Brian Johnson to be their offensive coordinator uh, had he not stayed with the Eagles, presumably because he knew Steichen was leaving and he was going to get the promotion. I think Brian Johnson's a fantastic choice here. He's exactly who I would bring in. Um... The problem is, you know, he's got the relationship with Hurts, all of that. The problem is we don't know how he is as a play caller. And Sirianni doesn't call plays anymore. Steichen did, and he was very, very good at it. So from a design aspect, I think you won't see much of a drop-off. It's to be determined how he's going to do as a play caller, though. Sometimes that takes some getting used to. And so I could see there being growing pains with that early next season. The one thing I hope that he does better than Steichen did is building in hot reads. Hot answers to blitzes. That's something that has not been in the Eagles' offense. There were several times in the Super Bowl that you had a free runner, Jalen Hurts was hot, and there was no hot answer to the blitz. And I can't imagine that's because Hurts is incapable of seeing that. It's just like it wasn't in the offense. Their hot answer was Jalen Hurts' legs. And that's a boomer bust thing. He can make big plays, but sometimes you end up like a third and three on a crucial drive in the Super Bowl when you can't make the guy miss, and now you have to punt. And they need that. They need those hot answers. Um, They need to be able to win from the pocket quick against those sorts of blitzes before teams have an offseason to adjust and dial up more of that heat. So I hope Brian Johnson is able to improve on that. Uh, I've got a comment coming in here from Junior on YouTube. I think we have a two or three year window to sign a few one year deals like we did this year. Uh, Salary cap is really hard to suss out. I haven't like gotten into the nuts and bolts of that on over the cap and stuff. But um, I never worry about the cap with Howie Roseman. He's one of the best at managing the cap, the way he rebounded from the wins contract and other things. uh, He does a really good job with that. So I'm not concerned about the cap. I think they're going to be able to make that work. And that's not really a big concern for me. So Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on the Super Bowl, uh, what it means for Eagles fans moving forward. Uh, If you are a whole NFL podcast sort of person that listens to this for my takes on the NFL as a whole, uh, don't go anywhere. This isn't turning into just an Eagles podcast, but hey, they were one of two teams that were playing in this game. So uh, I'm going to have you guys covered. I'm going to start into draft shows next week. So uh, next week, I'm going to kick it off with a full first round mock draft, and then we'll start doing uh, top five position rankings. We'll do other offseason things as well, some creative shows, but it'll be Uh, heavily draft focused with maybe a breaking news podcast or two as we go along. So uh, before I get you guys out of here though I do want to show you something that I have been working on that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, As you guys know I may have mentioned it a few weeks ago uh, I'm off of my free podcast hosting which let me push it out to multiple places, not just iTunes. So we're on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, FM radio, uh, all, all these different wherever you want to get a podcast, we should be there. Now it's it's distributed everywhere. Uh, we were having problems with the old feed. We couldn't get it to go anywhere else. And some of the stuff just wasn't uploading very good. And so this should be better quality for you guys. It is no longer free for me to host that. Uh, this podcast, my content will always be free for you guys. But Uh, I do want to try to find a way to pay for it if I can. So I've been working on a Chalk Talk merchandise store that uh, I got all of my designs finalized today and I ordered samples and it's going to take them two weeks to get here. And I don't want to put it out there for you guys until I get the samples and make sure that it's not crap. I don't want you to waste your money. I'd rather waste mine if it comes to that. But I'm talking like mugs, water bottles, t-shirts, mouse pads, hats, uh, phone cases, All kinds of different stuff. If there's things you guys would like, uh, then let me know and we'll get it out there for you guys. Uh, I've got a Hassan Reddick shirt that I'm really excited about, but I'm not going to show you yet Um, from my rant that I went on uh, a few weeks ago. The Hassan of House Reddick, the breaker of past protections, that whole thing. So that's going to be a real cool shirt. But I'm going to show you the basic Chalk Talk shirt here. So this is the design. It's just got our Chalk Talk logo uh, here on the front. And so uh, if you guys want to support the podcast again content will always be free Uh, you guys just liking it sharing it and stuff that helps me out a lot too but if you want some chalk talk merch it's going to be priced Uh, it'll be out there it'll be priced I'll have it up in about two weeks once I get my samples Uh, I'll probably do like an unboxing video and show you guys what I ordered and then walk you through all the stuff I have in the store so uh, there it is I'll tweet this clip out for you or I'll tweet this video picture whatever I can't talk I'll tweet this a picture out for those of you that are audio listeners later uh, so you can check it out as well. And so that's going to wrap it up here. We got Junior chiming in on YouTube. He says, Love the content. Really appreciate that, Junior. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, thank you, everyone, for following along with us this season. This has been a huge year for me. Uh, this season started and I had like 200 some odd followers on Twitter. And I was just a guy with a microphone, and now I'm on the BGN feed. Uh, I'm still doing this. I'm up to like 3,800 followers on Twitter, and it's all because of you guys. And the content that I put out, I'm putting out what you guys want because you've told me it's what you want. And so you guys keep telling me what you want, uh, and and we're going to make it happen. So I've loved the conversations I've had with you guys. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, We're going to be diving off into draft coverage next week. And it'll be right here in this feed. So thank you, everyone, for joining us for episode number 94 of Chalk Talk. If you enjoy what you heard on the show, and we know that you do, smash that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you don't miss the next episode. Drop us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at half and half underscore TPL. I'm on YouTube at ShaneHalfNFL. And so I will see you guys next time. <laughs>